Vaughn and Matt. We're an interracial couple with two kids wanting to do something that highlights the power of friendship and what it means to be in the company of true friends. We're going to move our society away and out of the loneliness epidemic and into a friendlier, happier world. Welcome to our friendly world. Better, stronger, together. Welcome back, everybody. We have Dr. Kathia Walters here with us. I was telling Dr. C, I was 19 years old, working at the camera store. You all know this story from listening to the podcast before. For 19 years of my life, I thought these things right here were eye bulbs. Eye bulbs. I was working at the camera store one day. This woman was like, well, what's the difference between this lens and that lens? And I said to her very confidently, well, it's like having different, like all of a sudden taking these eye bulbs like off your head and putting a different one in that sees differently. I didn't know it was eyeball. I thought it was eye bulb for 19 <laughs> years of my life. And it was such a rude awakening because her reaction was, I mean. Unkind? She, it wasn't that she was unkind. It was just that she was so... What do you mean? You think these are bulbs? You mean your eyeball? Like, I don't know. She was very aggressive. Wow. She was very aggressive in in correcting me. <laughs> wow. Let's just go out of our way to make you feel bad about yourself. No, well she, done. No, it wasn't that. It was just she was shocked, you know, like, like, what? <laughs> I don't know. And then I was shocked. And to this day, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I. Why did I do? Did I not read Eyeball when I was reading books? I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, welcome back, Dr. C. Hello, everybody. Hello. 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 Good morning. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. Good evening. Good night, wherever you are. <laughs> it's not just me, though. Like, obviously, I thought they were light bulbs. But like with phrases, like our friends have phrases. A long time ago, my friends would say, oh, he's off the chain. I heard it as his chain is loose. Like he his, has loose chain. He has a lot of chain. <laughs> and where are those chains? <laughs> well, and I and I and I imagined, it, oh, it must be like being a dog that's running after you, but he's on a chain. But the, there's lots of chain to be had so he can still get you. And so I said, oh, his chain is loose. He has lots of loose chain. And my friend, after a while, finally just said, what are you saying, Vaughn? It, it, it's he's off the chain. Like he's off. He's not on the chain at all. He's off of it. You know, just stuff like that. I love having a friend that's also maybe like me. Like, am I the only one who gets things wrong? Like, for the longest time, my friend, I was telling her about my light bulb story. And she's like, well, forever. You know that song uh, with the lyrics, You Spin Me Around, like a record? It, it says, mm -hmm. um, how does it go, you guys? Yeah. You spin Ooh, me. careful. You spin me right round, baby, right round, baby. right round. Like a record, baby, right round, round, round. And so my friend forever thought that these were the lyrics and she went around telling everyone forever. And I think she was in her 20s when she was finally corrected, like me. 
it's never like <laughs> it's never like an easy correction either because you're shocked. Right. You're completely shocked by it. So her version that she heard in her head was, you give me white rum, baby, white rum, like a wretched baby, white rum, rum, rum. And that's and she was very little, by the way. She was a little kid when this song came out. And so as a little girl, she would go singing this wretched baby song. Nice. And she she told me that she sang it for her dad and his friends. And they were blown away. And her dad was so proud. He's like, that's my kid. I'm like, yeah, because those lyrics are way better than the other one. Well, they're certainly more intricate. They're amazing. Like for like, I think she was six or something. For a six-year-old to like come up with that. Like a wretched baby. Like a wretched. She didn't even know what wretched meant. I think she looked it up. She's like, oh, wow. You know? But anyway, that's what this episode is about today is how we hear each other. What happens when individuals or groups even, groups of people observe different experiences, realities, even just hearing things or seeing things? How can we communicate with each other when we all have different perspectives? I used to work for the Aveda Corporation and Horst would do these amazing talks before there were TED Talks. He would talk about how I'm speaking to you and he was talking to this crowd of like maybe a thousand people. And he always said, I'm speaking to you, but no one is hearing what I'm saying. Every single one of you is hearing something different than what I'm actually saying what's actually coming out of my mouth because everyone has different experiences and based on your own experiences, you hear and see things based on those experiences. So no one hears the same thing. No one sees the same thing. You're hearing from your own filtered perspective is what he would say. And I always thought about that. So how can we communicate with each other with all these different perspectives? This episode is on the art of hearing, from lyrics to songs to phrases. I want to talk about the Mandela effect that now a lot of people are talking about, and how even our conversations can be understood or misunderstood, understood differently based on our personal history. How do we perceive each other? How do we distinguish between friendships and enemies? Because that's, again, I think, sometimes you can see it differently. You can see someone as a friend that's actually not a good friend to you. There are signs. Do we ignore these signs? How do our brains react to people? Dr. C talks to us about how your brain understands things or perceives things differently. And what do we choose to perceive? And what do we choose to delete? Is there a way to achieve a stable and objective constant? That is what we're going to talk about today. So Dr. C, a lot of people have been talking about the Mandela effect, for example. Like, I, I want to get into how our brains work and how, how all this is happening. For example, I guess, would it be zeitgeist? Like, is it a zeitgeisty thing that everyone's talking about the Mandela effect? Like, for example, everyone knows that the Queen song, we are the champions. It says, we are the champions. We are the champions. And the last bit is of the world. But 
if you now listen to all the songs that are everywhere, I haven't listened to a CD from years ago, but or a record, but world is taken out completely. And it sounds like someone remastered it and took the world. And all he says is, we are the champions of the but no world. <laughs> and then I was with the kids. I was telling the kids, I'm like, guys, listen to this. I mean, are we in some sort of society now? Much like, um, was it Stalin, Matt? Stalin was... How he would Photoshop, before there was Photoshop, he would take people out of He would history. take party leaders out of pictures. Just zoop, gone. People would disappear. He would change history. And this was like the 1930s, 40s. So like, 20s, you never, 30s, 40s. like you never saw this. This person was never here. So I was in the car with the kids. I'm like, guys, is this what's happening again? Because look. And then we were listening to, I think it was Tears for Fears. Everybody wants to rule the world. Remember that song? Is it Tears for Fears? Everybody Careful. wants to rule the world. And once again, world was taken out. What is happening? And then more of the Mandela effect. Like, it's everything. Like, field of dreams, right? We all think, build it and they will come. But I guess it's not, that's not what was said. Build it and he will come. And then there's also Forrest Gump. The lines there are different than what we remember. Well, to be fair... I used to, I used to, I don't need more because my God, I'm wrong. But um, Princess Bride quotes. I used to quote the Princess Bride. All, no, I wasn't quoting the Princess Bride. I was quoting Matt's version of the Princess Bride and every single quote was wrong. Every <laughs> single, and I was like, I had timing. I had everything, long bits. And they were, and then I watched the movie again and I was like, oh my God, I'm wrong on everything except for inconceivable because you can't be wrong on that because it's one word, but. My God. But, like, do you guys remember Ed McMahon and the publisher's clearinghouse? Yes. Didn't Ed McMahon go with a big check to people's houses? Apparently he never I, did. I think we what we saw, at least what I saw, was him standing up with a big check, whether or not he went to people's houses. I think that was the impression, right? That right. he would show up at people's doors with cameras. Apparently he never did that. So it was all staged. But then if you look at certain shows back then, mm -hmm. they had him as a guest actor. He would show up with a big check at people's doors. So why would he do that? I'm just wondering, are we just misunderstanding things like not remembering? Or have things been changed? <laughs> or have <laughs> we been have we been subtly manipulated maybe by Saturday Night Live skits and... You know, or, our, yeah. our own friends mis misleading us. Or like, remember that game telephone where you would whisper something to someone's ear and it would have to go down the line mm -hmm. of friends. And then the last friend who heard it would recite whatever they heard. Right. And it was mm -hmm. totally different than what the first person said. Do you guys think it's like that? Or is it something sinister? <laughs> I don't know if I would think it's something sinister. I think it's filters right i think i think it's a combination of different things i think there's the point where we hear what we want to hear based on what we're experiencing in the moment right right and i'm going to filter it based that way so i start a conversation based on where i'm at and what i think i want want to hear 
right? And where Fawn is, based on her experience in the moment, she's going to hear and take the pieces that make sense for her based on where she is. Mm -hmm. And by the time she then passes on to Matt, she's passing on her version of what she heard because it went through her filter. So what Matt is getting is a combination of mine and Fawn's, but through Fawn's filter. And then Matt, of course, is in his, you know, wherever he's at in the moment, he's going to take that in and he's going to filter and receive what he needs to receive, not just verbally, right? Because there's also the nuances, the body language. What is her eye saying? What is her body saying based on what I'm interpreting, meaning what Matt is interpreting that to be, right? And so based on what he's looking at, what he's hearing, where he's at in that moment, just like Fawn, right? Everything is going to be recommunicated that way, right? So by the time you get to the end of the, the telephone line, it's passed through, you know, there's four, five, six of us. It's passed through five or six people's stories, experiences, worldview, right? based on, again, not just the verbal, what they're hearing, but what they're observing. So then it comes back to me as the initiator, and I'm with this look in my face like, that's not what I said, right? You <laughs> right. Know, there may be like an element of truth in there, right? But the words are totally different. You know, the content sometimes has drastically changed, right? But there's still, a, you know, there's still always that kernel of truth, right? But everything else, and I think when we think about like the Mandela effect in terms of you know, how do you get a group of people to believe something, right? And I think some of that is hope. Maybe it's something that's true that we hope is true, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's something that we fear will happen, and now we hear it, and I'm like, oh, my God, my worst nightmare is true, has right. come true, right? So I really do think, I don't necessarily think it's intentional. I think a lot of it is on an unconscious level. You know, and we hear things, we interpret things for all our own sanity sometimes, <laughs> right? Right. Um, yeah. And, and then the brain, because of how it's structured, is just going to then like, okay, how do I protect her? How do I protect him? You know, because if this is some bad stuff, I need to figure out a way that it, it it's not as painful, right? Mm-hmm. So let's fill Right. And or how do I take this new piece of information that I was given and sift it into my reality too? Exactly. Especially if it's very challenging. Well, um, long time, long time ago now, I worked in a warehouse for a summer, and that made me decide that there was no way that this was something I wanted to do forever. Uh, <laughs> it's nice and easy. But one day, one of the guys I was working with mentioned that he had a friend who was a vegetarian. Doesn't sound like a big deal. One of the forklift drivers could not accept into his reality that there were people out there who did not eat any meat. And so he said, yeah, but vegetarians eat meat. And he would not let go of that and just would not let go of it. And, you know, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, no, 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 you're right. Because there's no point arguing it out with somebody who was that firmly entrenched, that uncomfortable with that Mm -hmm. fact. And that's one of those things that you can just point to because it's not me. I can be more objective about it. And say, wow, that's unbelievable how people do that. But I I think that that, I'm guessing that's because we have an expert today, but I'm guessing that's one of the ways that like our brains protect us. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Wait, what have you got a load of you now? Like now you're vegan. You've been vegan for a long time. Ah, yes. Vegan would have like made him collapse. It was, you know what? It was actually funny. I actually chat GPT, you know, the big AI program. It was like, I got it to write vegans who sometimes eat meat. There are, there are vegans who sometimes eat meat. <laughs> That's not a vegan. And it's not a vegan, yes. But ChatGPT constructed this blurb where it described why that will, why that happens and why that's a good thing. It's it's hmm. a weird thing. And think of I think of ChatGPT less as this kind of uber mind, but I think of it very zeitgeisty and it pulls from everywhere it can. And so it tries to pull in all of society and as it constructs these things. So... Yeah, I found that I found that bizarre. But I, I think to your point in terms of how our brain tries to support us, protects us, helps us, I think that makes a lot of sense, right? If something is uncomfortable, we don't want to deal with it. Right. If it creates some discomfort, even if it's true, right? Even right. if it's true, because the brain doesn't distinguish between the difference. It just knows that whatever this is, vegetarian, a vegan, a vegan that eat meats, that makes no sense to me, right? Mm-hmm. And so the brain is going to be like, okay, this is different. This is uncomfortable. What do we do right now? And so we're going to go into that mode of like, ah, uh, I'm not going to accept that. And you and know? in an extreme case, then we're looking at shock, right? Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like a freeze frame. Yep. Yep. Where every everything just kind of stops and, and mm-hmm. you don't know what's up and what's down and, and you're you're mm-hmm. you're kind of done for however long it takes for your brain to reboot on some level. Yeah. And how yeah. about kids? Like kids watch these shows and then as I'm now watching these same movies that we used to watch, I'm like, Whoa, there's a lot of uh jokes in there, but the kids aren't getting the jokes because they don't have that background mm-hmm. and then i think just recently we started to rewatch some movies and the kids were like whoa i never noticed what this person is actually talking about you know like there's some innuendos or like things that kids don't recognize but i think it works for all of humanity when you're not ready for something or if you don't have a history of something you don't know what is actually being said you hear mm-hmm. things differently when you watch a movie Years from now, you see things you never saw before, but you saw it, you heard it, it just didn't register or did. Yeah, it goes back to, it. well, I think it, it's it's there, but it's not in the conscious, right? Mm-hmm. We see it. It's like you said, we watch a movie and we go back and we rewatch it and then we're like, I don't remember seeing that, right? But now it makes sense why this happened. Okay, so somewhere it's there, but it's not necessarily what's in the conscious. Again, we have that selective view and selective memories of what we see. Because if I, if the storyline that I'm thinking this movie should portray, right, as adults, right, as kids, we're talking about something totally different because, you know, we're talking about concrete thinking versus, you know. So, but as adults, when we watch something, we ourselves, based on our history, based on our knowledge, we'll look for certain innuendos. And that's what we want to see. And so it's like, I have this bucket. And so I want everything based on what my innuendo is. I'm going to look for everything that's going to fit into this bucket. Right? 
so that it fits into my storyline and anything that doesn't fit into the, so if I want to see the, the lead as an evil person, I'm going to look for everything that he did that made him a bad guy in this movie. So even if they did something right or good, that doesn't fit in my bucket. So I'm not going to see that piece. So when you tell me, well, did you see when, you know, Jack did X, Y, and Z? I'm like, I don't remember him doing that. Yeah, but Jack only did that to get him to trust him or. Right, right. Back to, I need to see him as this bad person. So even if he did do something good, like Matt said, it was with an ulterior motive, right? And that's kind of how we see things. Like looking Again, for looking for clues all along the way. Looking for things to support. Your... If you want to think of it as this way, looking at things to support our hypotheses. That's how research is done, right? Yes. <laughs> right. right. You look for things to support your hypotheses. And so if I think this is what it is, then I'm only going to be on the lookout for things that's going to support that. And anything that doesn't fit into this hypothesis, I'm going to reject. So right? is that like the kids were telling me this or were you also telling me this, Matt? Like now when we watch movies, the kids are like, OK, mom, look at who has a Mac as opposed to who has a PC. The guy who has a Mac is the good guy. The PC is always the evil villain. Is well, like certainly that? on Apple TV, that would be true. No, but in like right, in all movies, in all movies. Well, Max, yeah, Max have this perception of being like sleek and hip and and uh, creative. But the and villain PCs are like the, just chunky. The villain never has a Mac. The villain always has this other. Anyway, so anyway, it's, it's just an example of looking out for to find the villain or to you know what we were just saying, looking for well, yeah, it's, something it's to support. That idea. I need to support my belief or beliefs, right? And so I'm going to look for things that are going to support my beliefs of whatever it is. So whether it's the villain or a movie or a good guy, which is why sometimes we label people as good people, you know, back to one of the questions or statement you post, um, Fawn, is we see people a certain way and we want to see them that way. So we're going to see them as a good person, even if there's evidence to the contrary, that they're not as good a friend or a good a person, right? Mm -hmm. Because we want to see that because we want to believe that what we're seeing and what we're believing is true. Right. Right. Because then it also reflects back on, back on if I'm not, you know, if I think about who I am as a person, then what does that make me? A poor judge of character, right? So not right. only now do I, not am I, am I looking at the outside, but now I'm looking at me as an individual, as a person, like, hey, what kind of person are you if you allowed this person to be a part of your life, your kid's life, knowing that, you know, they have these markers, right? So, of course, it's easier. We don't like discomfort as human beings. We don't, right? It drives right. us nuts. And so we, it's easier for us to just, do and be and show up in ways that's, again, in my little bubble, right? Versus, oh, oh, ouch. Right? I always get in trouble, Dr. Z. I think I've gotten better, but fun. like, <laughs> well, like, we'll go, this was years ago. I think I've gotten better or I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I need your help with this because I need to know how, how, 
is there a way to achieve like a stable and objective constant is i think that's what you said the last time we were talking how do you know how do you know for example i remember that day in the coffee shop i've talked about this before but like i was so wanting to make friends and we lived in an area where people were like not interested but Mm -hmm. it didn't it didn't stop us we would go to coffee shops and start conversations and trying to make things happen. And I was looking for my best friend. We were so alone on this island. And the kids were just born. Like, no family. We had no family, no support. It was just us. And so we were at this coffee shop one day, and I saw someone, a woman. She was near, sitting near us. We started talking. And I think I so desperately wanted to meet a friend or to have a friend to have like my buddy, like a best friend, that we started a conversation and I think she was feeling the same way. But throughout the conversation, we were getting more and more excited, so excited. But in the middle, Matt would interject and go, honey, honey, uh, honey, I don't think you're understanding. He would say that like, and it was hard for him to interject because we were speaking so fast with such energy. So at the end of the conversation, what made the conversation pause was we both realized that we were speaking about opposite things. She was speaking like, I think she was more of a racist person. And I was speaking like, I love you. Yeah. And whatever she was saying, I'm like, yeah, I totally agree. But I I was hearing something else and mm-hmm. she was hearing something else. And then we finally realized that we are total opposites with our beliefs. Like, we weren't even hearing each other. So how, and especially as as an amazing therapist that you are, Dr. C, how do you, first of all, communicate to people knowing that they're not fully hearing you? How do you get that communication across? And then on the other side, how do you truly stop? I mean, do you have to stop, like, How do you stop from making these mistakes, like assuming someone is a certain way? Do you have to just turn something off within yourself? Like what? Okay. So those are very powerful questions and I'm going to do my best to answer them. I don't think we can do them justice right now. So let's start with, you initially started with how do you show up in these relationships and um, I forgot how you phrase it. It was about the, how did you say it? I want to use your words. Um, I think I was using your words. How do you achieve a stable? <laughs> and see, I wrote this down on my desk and I've been looking at it every day. Yeah, read re- re- that. How do you achieve a stable? Is there a way to achieve a stable and objective constant? <laughs> so, you know, to quote NDRE, the only thing constant in the world is change. Let's start there. So the world is always going to change. People change. You know, who you are today is not who you were yesterday. And who you are today is not who you're going to be tomorrow. None of us, right? Because we experience life. And so we change with that. What is and should often be constant is or mores or values, right? So it's like a tree that's planted. So it's like a tree that's planted, right? The root is firm, but that doesn't mean it doesn't bend when the wind blows, right? 
it tilts to the right, it tilts to the left, right? But it still stays firm, right? That part is constant. The root is constant. And we can be like that. That doesn't mean that we're not going to experience people who have different views, different perspectives, different beliefs from what we have and what we have experienced. How do we then interact? How do we connect or not connect with these folks? That's up to how I see myself, what I see as my values, right? What I see as my self-respect, right? So if I'm not in agreement with you about certain things, then I have to make that decision. What's most important here? Am I de that desperate for a friend that I'm going to throw out my self, my values, my, you know, my mores and my values? No, right? Absolutely not. Because just like the tree bent to the right and I found this person that I thought we were in line with, the tree will also bend to the left, right? And I can meet someone else who's probably more in alignment with my mores and my values. So once I recognize that and I realize that we're, you know, we're moving, but we're really going this direction, we're, we're divergent, right. then I have to make a decision at that moment. Right? And that's up to me, not the other person. And a simple, oh, wow, you know, clearly we... We're not in alignment here. I'm not quite sure where the disconnect started or how we even missed it. But it's clear to me right now that we are actually talking about something totally different or we're on opposing sides of this coin. That doesn't mean we can't have a conversation, right? As long as we're respectful of each other, mm -hmm. as long as you can hear me, and I can hear you because, again, there's always going to be multiple realities in any conversation that we have. And guess what? Whether we like it or not, they're both valid. That's your perspective. You're entitled to your opinion, just like I'm entitled to mine. Doesn't mean I have to like it or agree with it. Right. Right? You don't have to like it or agree with what I have to say either. However, on a human level, we have to learn how to be respectful. And in doing so, I can say, you know what? We can agree to disagree. I can definitely understand based on your experience and your experiences why you see things that way and why you would believe that. And I also know for my truth is that has not been my experience. And so that cannot be my truth. Yet I understand why that is your truth. And so we can do one of two things. We can continue to have conversations and try to understand the other person's perspective. Or we can say, you know what? We're so far apart. There's no way we're going to be comfortable having these dialogues because we can, we're not ready to understand the other. Right. Because when we listen, we're not supposed to be listening to fix the problem. Right. We're supposed to be listening for understanding. Do you hear that? Man? What we... Wait, wait, wait <laughs> why'd you throw that at me? Well, you, when I tell you something, you try to fix it. Of course. I'm like, and then I try to act like you. And then you're like, don't fix it. Don't try and fix it. Don't try. I'm just trying to talk <laughs> to you. So the idea is when we listen, we listen to understand. Because if we listen for understanding, 
the fix it piece will happen, right? right? But it will happen in a way that's more, you know, that's what the person is looking for, more in line with what they're looking for. If we immediately try to fix it, then the other person is going to get offended because it's like, wait, 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 you're fixing something that you don't even understand. Yeah, because right? it's the emotion. Sh- it's the, it's mostly the emotion that I'm I'm venting to you, Matt, and you were trying to fix the problem, but it's like I have to deal with how I'm feeling about it. Not that this. So validating. No, 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 no. Let me just dismiss that and fix it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why it's important to validate that experience, right? Yeah. Okay, yes, Doctor C. Right. Then the peace <laughs> needs to happen first. That's their understanding. I understand. It makes sense. Now I see. Oh, okay. Huh. Now I understand why that or why you feel that way. That makes a whole lot of sense, right? Once that validation piece is done, then later on you can go into. Well, how can I support you on that? Is there anything I can do to help? Right. You know? Or if we're talking about the example you gave, Fawn, if, if it feels like this is a total disconnect because or mores and values are so vastly apart, having conversations right now, and if you know what I'm saying right now, <laughs> right, mm-hmm. is not going to be effective, then we need to just say that. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to say, you know what, right now I don't think it's helpful for either of us to continue this conversation. Maybe later on down the line, I wouldn't mind, you know, approaching this again. But right now, because I'm checking in with myself and I'm noticing that I'm getting elevated, right? right. Meaning my emotions are getting to the point where, uh, you know, things that are going to come out of my mouth may not be the most appropriate. So let's table this. It doesn't mean we can't come back to it. And that's understanding and that's being respectful. Right. I feel because like I want to I'm feel sorry. something about myself when I walk away. Right. Because that's the question is how do I want to feel when I walk away from this conversation? Right. 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 I feel like there's an art to doing that because saying mm-hmm. that can like if I heard that, I would have my feelings hurt so badly that I wouldn't want to talk to you again because I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness, I've hurt Dr. C's feelings where I elevated her emotions. So I'm like, oh my god, I better be careful. So I, I tend to feel, like, oh, so if you hear what? If you hear what? Um, that has, I forgot the words you just said, but like that has caused me to, I can't visit that right now. I can't talk mm-hmm. to you about that right now. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, when I feel that way, I tend to say, oh my god, I don't, oh this, you know can we talk about this later? Like, I'm like that. You know what I'm saying? So, because mm-hmm. if someone said that to me, I'd be like, oh, I just to be safe, I'm never going to talk about this again. And I think that's what happens to a lot of people. Like, they're afraid to speak and they're afraid to rub the person the wrong way. They're afraid to... I'm not responsible for your feelings. No, I know. I know. Nice. But I'm saying how right? I... And but, that's the thing. So that's, but that's what we have to get through to, to ourselves and to others is no one's responsible for your feelings. I have a responsibility to not be rude and disrespectful. I have a responsibility to you, right? But I'm not responsible for how you internalize what I say. So I'm not going to say, oh, you're... And be disrespectful calling you out of your name and saying those things. But I have a right to protect my me, myself as well. And so if I'm being, if I feel 
discomfort, if I'm feeling uncomfortable, if I'm feeling unsafe, I have a right to say, you know what, I'm not feeling safe in this conversation right now. I would prefer if we continue this at a later time. How you choose to internalize that, that's on you, right? I know, but because it then seems you harsh. you need to check yourself. Huh? It seems harsh. It abrupt, seems like, maybe. Yeah, it's abrupt. Thank you. It seems mm-hmm. abrupt. And that mm-hmm. I'm just saying, um, not just me, I just think that that could be why we have so many problems communicating, especially when people have completely different reality bubbles that they're coming from. I just feel like we need to be nicer about it. Yes, I, I firmly agree that we all are responsible for our own emotions, that mm-hmm. you you don't control my emotions. I control my own emotions. I just yeah. feel like there needs to be a better, like, softer, more gentle way. Oh, there are. To, it depends, you know what I'm saying? It also depends on what you're trying to accomplish in this, though. Because remember, there's three ways. There's basically three things when we communicate. I have an objective. I'm wanting to save this relationship. Or it's about my self-respect. Right. So it depends on which of those three things is primary. My approach is going to be different. Right. If the rela- if it's about number two, which is I definitely want to maintain this relationship with this person. And I definitely want to think about how will Fawn, how will Matt feel about me when this interaction is over? Because that's primary. Then, of course, my approach is going to be softer. So I'm not going to say, well, we're not going to talk about this now. There's going to be more of a gentle approach. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a validation of your experience, right? And then there's going to be an expression of how I'm feeling, right? So, yes, if that's the priority where I want to maintain this relationship, then, of course, I'm not going to be get away from me. It's going to be more, hey, Fawn, I hear you. I definitely understand where you're coming from. And, you know, for my role in this, I'm sorry that that has been your experience. And let me tell you how I'm experiencing this, right? So, of course, the tone, if you notice, is different. Oh, yeah. I feel totally and different. One way different. Yeah. But that's because the relationship is priority. If my self-respect is priority, then my approach is going to be different, Right. So I'm going to stick to the facts. What you said was not okay, right? This is how it impacted me, and this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Question. At that juncture, it's more about me protecting my sanity because maybe we've done the, the, <laughs> the being gentle and the kind and all of that, and you're still saying boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And at this point, I'm like, I'm not worried about protecting this anymore because you're not definitely, you're apparently not respecting me and where I'm coming from. So at that point, it's no longer about the relationship being primary. Mm-hmm. It's now my sense of safety, my self-respect. So the tone is going to be different. So Dr. C, it feels like our society, especially in the United States, that's where it is. It's all about the safety and self-respect that's attacked so that we it's the the priority is not the relationships the priority is saving our being safe and standing up to our for our self-respect 
And it feels like then I feel stuck in this now. Like, how do we maneuver to a softer place where we can have the relationship be more important, that we feel a little bit safer, that if you're constantly, I mean, if we're in a state that we are in, for example, it may not just be the United States, but I feel so enveloped in this personally. I don't know how you all feel about it, but how do we maneuver it where I just don't see things being fixed because one side is saying terrible things that is unsafe and well, but I, I think we're 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 looking. I think that's a honestly. I think that's something different, right? I think there's going to be people who are hateful and harmful, mm-hmm. right? And people who are approaching a relationship from a place of hate, the approach has to be different, right? If I'm approaching you from a place of love, but I don't like some of your behaviors the approach is going to be different. Mm-hmm. I can still approach you with love. I can still approach you with kindness, right? Because I know you're not being malicious, mm-hmm. right? Right. Okay? But if you're being malicious in your intent, in your behaviors, in your words, then why should I sit here and be nice with my words? No. Right? No, yeah. I don't have to go in the gutter with you. I don't have to go into the gutter with you, but yeah. I also don't have to coddle you. Right. Right. And that's why I say you have to make in any interactions, you have to decide what is primary, the relationship, my self-respect, or it's an objective, right? If this is just an objective, because all three elements, don't get me wrong, in every conversation, all three elements will be present because there's always an objective. There's always a community, it's a person, so there's a relationship there. I just have to decide how important this relationship is to me. Mm-hmm. And then always who I am as a person, meaning my self-respect, all three will be present. The difference is, what is it that I want from this interaction? If you're my boss and I don't care, we're not going to hang out, out outside of here. This conversation is about my raise that I'm due. I'm not going to be disrespectful, but I'm also not going to be, you know, all of that. <laughs> it's an objective, right? I have an objective. I want my vacation. I want my raise. Right. And I'll find a way to be effective in that by sticking to the facts. Here are the facts. Here are the facts. Here are the facts. Let's stick to the fact why I should get my raise or my vacation. Right. There's no questions about that. If it's the relationship, and this is somebody who, like I said, is honestly, genuinely, you know, want to to have a healthy conversation, but maybe coming from a place of ignorance, I can still show you love, right? But if you go back to what I said earlier, if you're being disrespectful, then why should I, I don't have to go in the gutter with you. And I don't have to be disrespectful to you either. I don't have to call you outside of your name. But I can simply end the conversation. I can say, you know what? I'm no longer going to engage in conversations with you because you're being rude, you're being obnoxious, and you're being disrespectful. So right? it comes... And I can walk away. Boom. Right. I don't need to say anything else to you. Right. Or even... story. Yeah. Right. Or even just as simple as, I guess we disagree to disagree. So let's move on. Well, I there was you thinking go. about it like... You know, Matt, going back to circles, right? 
Aikido. Mm-hmm. What are you bringing into your circle? Who do you want in your circle? But sometimes we don't have a choice. Sometimes it's family. Like I had to cut off my... What do you mean you don't have a choice? Like, for example, I you are born in a family. Like, you don't have a choice. You're oh, in that oh. family. But I got to a point where I had to completely disconnect from the family. Like, completely. Mm-hmm. Like, no family anymore. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, another situation is you are at a job. And you, you maybe can't leave right now. So you are mm-hmm. stuck in that, that kind of... You're compromised. And you're stuck in that situation. You know, there's no compromise right yeah and it, but, but, but there, but that, there is but you can leave the job i guess but or like i you know or you can get physically ill because that's stress or you can find or there's always that third you can find ways you know i have to be here because i have to pay my bills i have to take care of my family so how do i make it work for me and that's the shift that needs to happen here that happens here oh in your head right <laughs> Dr. C, Dr. C is nice. pointing to her her yes. head, the side of her head, and right. and and it that's been, it's a mental shift that needs to happen, right? Go back to what we're talking about the the effects, right? When we see certain things and we create a narrative, this job sucks, the world sucks, everybody da 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 da. Guess what? Everything <laughs> I see is going to be seen through that, right? But if I shift and like, you know what, here's the reality. And this comes to the radical acceptance. It is what it is. I don't have to like it. I don't have to agree with it. But if I want to feed my family, I got to find a way to be okay with getting up every day and going to this job. Mm -hmm. So what can I do? So how do I shift my narrative? Okay. All right. I have to be there from eight to four. All right. Show up at eight, eight to 10. I'm going to do this then at 10 o'clock. I'm going to sit up. I'm going to do my break. I'm going to take care of myself. How do I make it manageable? Because your boss is not going to be doing it. Your coworkers aren't going to. That's not their responsibility. Right. If you're miserable, then you have to figure out what are things I can do because I cannot right now change the system. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I cannot change the system to have it do what I want it to do, how can I survive within that? And that's a piece you can shift. That's a piece you have some levels of control over, right? So that's we can create our own reality bubble. Yeah. Uh, it's on like some you can level. take vacations without going anywhere, right? Because if I feel uncomfortable at my desk right now, I'm going to take a vacation for 30 seconds, one minute, sitting right here. Because if I don't, then I'm going to lose my ish. I right. love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Right. I'm going to take a 30-second vacation. Yeah, right. I, I used yes. to do laps at work. I would I would figure out a nice circular path I could walk when mm-hmm. I was feeling anything. And and honestly, in, in my mind, hearing you say that, I just immediately think about, you know, the guy at the warehouse who was convinced vegetarians eat meat. Yes. I was like, okay, I guess vegetarians eat meat. And <laughs> I moved on. Exactly. Exactly. Why will you waste all that energy getting angry over something you can't control? And, and or right. And or trying to convince him that he is wrong con- when exactly. he is a brick wall. He was a brick exactly. wall. He refused to even understand. It was like it so outside of his reality. That's his reality. Yep. Right. And it's not my job. 
<laughs> right? right? I can share my knowledge and how you choose to use that. That's on you. Right. Right. That's on you. And so why am I, and this is what I think we as a human race, we need to understand is why am I going to become so angry to the point where now I'm physically and emotionally ill mm-hmm. trying to convince you of something? That makes no sense. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So I need to take care of me because I have a family that I need to take care of. Right. Does that mean I can't share stuff with you? Of course, I'll share stuff with you. I'll share my knowledge. But again, what you do with that, it's outside of my control. It's outside of my control. That's on you. Right. That's totally on you. And in terms of having this relationship, if we want to be in healthy relationships with others, we have to have a healthy relationship with ourselves, right? Meaning we have to figure out where my boundaries are how I want to communicate those boundaries. So if you're being disrespectful, if we're on this different wavelength and the wavelength is making me uncomfortable, I need to know how to say that to you in a way that you can hear it, can't force you to do anything about it, but you can hear it. Me being angry, me being aggressive, you're not going to hear it. All it's going to do is strengthen that vegetarian's meat. <laughs> you know, that's all it's going to do, mm-hmm. Right. But if I can, in a nice, effective way, say, you know what, using a tone, hey, I hear you, and I can see why you think, you know, there's vegan who eat meat sometimes, (laughs) right? And I can understand that. And here's my reality. Here's my experience. Here's my belief, right? And that's it. So, hey, more power to you. Have at it. (laughs) You know, have it, you know, why am I getting so worked up trying to change something you're not ready to change, to even look at, Mm -hmm. because, you know, you grew up thinking it's eye bulbs, right? Right. And it was never challenged, right? And so the brain, again, works based on habits. And so for 19 years, that's what it's going to say because there was never a shift over here. And I'm almost, I can probably say 100% that the first time someone told you was eyeballs, you had several slips where you still call it eyeballs, right? Because for 19 years, that is what you called it. And oh, that's no. what the brain was accustomed to. Dr. C, I never said eyeballs again, only to tell this story. I, I was shocked into I was shocked into submission or whatever you want to call it. It was so shocking. And, and yet, you know what? <laughs> I am willing to bet that you had been corrected before. And and I and I never heard it. And you never heard it. And never understood it. That, and so you finally yes. got it like it right was, in your face finally. where you yes. can't <laughs> ignore it. It's like yeah, somebody opened the dictionary and said, No, what change. is that word right there? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because the brain doesn't change that quickly after doing something for a long time. Right, right. You know? And even if it changed for a moment, it reverts back to it until it becomes routine. I see. So I, I think I agree with Matt that that probably wasn't the first time you heard mm-hmm. it. That was probably the, you know, the first time that the brain really latches on because, oh, I heard this before. Okay, right. 
all right, maybe we'll start saying eyeballs. But I got to tell you guys, we were seven. We it heard felt, it when we were eight. I felt like never, I had never heard it before. Right. I, it was that like I completely shocking. understand. Because again, the brain <laughs> attempts to protect you from shock. Exactly. The, brain, exactly. the brain doesn't want you to go through that. So it's an eyeball, obviously. But doesn't yes. it make sense? It's a bulb. Like it has to do with light. It, how it, you it know, works you, with light. You spin me white rum, baby. Wretched baby. <laughs> just, you know, we just got to remind ourselves that through all of this, whether it's eye bulb, white rum, however we want to, you know, whatever stories we tell ourselves, whatever interpretation we make, listening to the telephone, you know, the little story we tell each other, right. you know, we still have to do all of this with compassion. So even for the people who are saying things that make you cringe, people who, you know, are, you're having conversation thinking you're going in one direction and it's going in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we still have to practice compassion for ourselves, for allowing these conversations to get as far, these storylines to get as far as they got to age 19. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> hey, and, and, and compassion for the other person because remember your bill of rights your reality you know your bill of rights is theirs Mm -hmm. so they're going through the world the exact same way you are based on whatever information they've been given just like whatever information you've been given and you grasp onto so at the end of the day as we move forward as we create healthy and healthier relationships and we strengthen these relationships with ourselves and with others we really need to have at the crux of all of that, the element of compassion, compassionate intention, compassionate behavior. Compassion doesn't mean that you don't hold yourself or the other person accountable. It still means that we have to hold ourselves accountable for when we're not showing up or doing something that's not right, right? It doesn't mean that, oh, I'm so sorry. Yes, it's, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. And... (laughs) Let's talk about what we need to shift. Right, right. So compassion, love, radical acceptance, radical forgiveness, effective communication. Those are all the things that in order to have, I think, in order to have these friendship, these relationships that's going to last, we need to have those elements. Agreed. I have a question to wrap things up. I just have a question. I'm sorry, I'm probably going to make you repeat it again. But in a little short little snippet, can you tell us your trick as an amazing therapist? How you hear people? Like when we have conversations, Dr. C, I'm like, how in the world did she remember that detail? Was she writing everything down? (laughs) How do you hear people? How do you do it, Dr. C.? Because it's your profession. You totally are completely, what's the word, Matt? Um, present. present. Thank you. Present. <laughs> can you teach us a little bit of that so we can do that with one another? Not being a psychologist, you know, not being that a professional doctor. I would say a couple of words. Listen. And be present. This is How? what we tend to do. And this is this is kind of going back to where you were accusing Matt of doing this, right? When we are solving for the problem while the person is talking, guess what? We're not listening. We're not listening. Hey. 
right? We're not listening. So the, the, the idea is to give the person your undivided attention, mirror their movement. So if they're leaning forward, lean forward, right? If eye contact is appropriate culturally, give eye contact. If it's not, then mirror whatever it is that they're doing. Show them that you're listening. Repeat what you hear or what you think is remember, right? Uh, we yes. hear what we want to hear. So check it out. So what I hear you say is, is that correct? No, 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 no. That's not what I mean, right? So we listen for understanding. But if I'm already trying to solve your problem, I'm going to miss 50, at least 50% of what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And so guess what my solution is going to be? It's going to be wrong. Because I would have heard half of the problem. Right. Right? So we listen. We listen for understanding. We understand that there's multiple realities. We listen with a compassionate ear. And then we reflect what we heard or what we think we heard. We check it out for validity. And then we say, okay, based on what you've shared, right? Also understanding that this is your reality. What might the other person's reality be? And given that, do you think that this is or was the best way to approach that? Right? Right. Oh, my goodness, Dr. Z. Thank you. Thank you. It's interesting because in a business style context, particularly when I'm talking with somebody I don't talk to a lot, if we have a meeting to discuss an issue, after we're done with that whole discussion, I like to write up what I heard them say, what I said, and then what the proposed solution is just so they can check me. And that's perfect. And, There's nothing and wrong with nobody that. ever says that isn't what I said. And it's good mm -hmm. because then it's all because I'm really good at listening. Hopefully, I don't know. But and then you have a document and you can move on. And that that helps me in business. But it, it almost yeah. sounds like I need to adopt something. Well, Matt, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm You're... not saying you don't have to. I mean, not everyone can just listen. There's nothing wrong with jotting things down if you think your memory is not the greatest. As long as jotting things down is not going to distract you. Mm hmm. From what's happening in the moment i'm saying if you're problem solving in the moment it means that you're not listening right okay so i understand what you're both saying i'm going to interrupt because the problem is that we're human oh by the way we, we're going to wrap it up but the problem is the when emotions come in you can't listen because your emotions are involved so maybe we can talk about that because as an emotional person a lot of the times i'm like my well, i'll answer that in one minute. Okay. So you got to check your emotions. Check your emotions at the door. Right? If you're going to have a conversation with someone. No, but what if it's Matt person, who's emotional and he won't? He won't check it. But maybe that's. Well, <laughs> that's on Matt to also check his emotions. So it's not just you. Did you hear that? All no, have to, I didn't. All have to. Remember I said at the beginning, I'm not responsible. You're not responsible for the other person's emotion. We each individually have to check ourselves. And if we find that in this moment, I'm too quote unquote emotional, then I need to check myself. You shouldn't be the one checking me because if you're the one checking me, then I'm going to be mad because what are you telling me? I'm mad. Don't tell me I'm mad. 
even though damn well I know I'm, oh, sorry, even though I know I am. (laughs) So I have to check myself. And if I do, we have to learn how to scan from head to toe, know what our triggers are, one, know how it shows up. If I start biting my lip, if I start twitching my eyes, if I start pacing, right? Do Am I getting hot in my body? So what are the physiological changes that tells me that I'm getting to that point where my emotions are going to be in the driver's seat? I need to know that. And then I need to check myself and I need to come back to you and say, you know, Fawn, I need a timeout. I need to step away for a moment. You know, when I work with couples, one of the things I tell them is come up with a cold word, Right. And when you have that cold word, because the reality is when we get so worked up, we're not going to be able to say, Fawn, I'm feeling overwhelmed and I need to go take. No. Right. You need a cold word. So when I say the cold word, you know that I need a break. You need to stop because I recognize that I'm overwhelmed and I need to self-regulate. We hear so when you. I do the cold word. I go self-regulate and then I come back and we can continue the conversation. But it's not up to the other person because yeah. you're becoming emotional. It's up to whoever is becoming emotional to check themselves, yeah. right, and then continue the conversation. In martial arts, okay. we tap. So, like, when a person taps, you know you better stop. So Matt and mm-hmm. I just say tapping. Tapping, meaning, okay, got it. Let's just stop, stop. Um, Dr. C has to go help people. So we have to cut this now. But thank you, Dr. C, for coming. But before you go, Dr. C, please tell all of our friends how they can reach you and what you're up to. Yeah, so uh, you can reach me via email at info at walterswellnessgroup.com or website is walterswellnessgroup.com. Right now, we have a few things happening in February of 24, we're having a managing your traumatic experience retreat in Costa Rica, and we're still we still have room. So if you have six days, it's February 29th through March 5th. And if you have six days, would love to travel. You like to travel internationally, and would love to go to Costa Rica. Just reach out to us through info at Walters Wellness Group, or you can find us at our website WaltersWellnessGroup.com. So we also have a Black Women's Wellness Retreat in Jamaica in the summer of July of 2024. We're also accepting folks for that. You can reach us the same way. Plus we have, we offer various different classes that are virtual. So wherever you are in the world, we have a Managing Life Challenges class where we go more in depth in terms of how you can navigate your anxiety, your depression, relationships. We have a whole section on navigating health relationships, how to manage your sleep issues, and how, which is one of my favorite, how to tolerate distress. So how do you manage, you know, when you're in the moment and you're being triggered, what are some things you can do? So we offer that. We offer a year-long program on managing trauma. We do a couples communication class as well as some cohorts groups around Black women support, around domestic violence. And then we do a couple of different one-day restorative retreats. So again, if you want to learn more about us, please look at our website at walterswellnessgroup.com or reach out to us at info at walterswellnessgroup.com. 
So thank you guys for joining us. Thanks, Matt and Juan, for this beautiful day and, and program. And I wish everyone well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so Dr. much. Thank you, Dr. Z. We love you so much. Thank you. Have a beautiful every love day. You guys. Love you. Bye, everybody. Thank See you, you in a few love days. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.